Did you watch the season opener of The Voice this past week? Anybody Voice fans? One, one person. Okay. Well, uh, the season opener, like, like with a lot of uh, TV shows this past week, uh, took place this past Monday. And uh, you can see here, CeeLo is back. Uh, he had some kind of a henna tattoo on his, his head uh, as a way to commemorate the beginning of the season. But uh, Christina Aguilera, Blake Shelton, Adam Levine, they're, it's kind of the original crew, and they're, they're all back. And if you are not a regular viewer of The Voice, then you would need to know that this is one of those uh, most popular reality shows where uh, contestants will come on and they will sing, and as they're singing, the chairs that these are sitting in are turned around and they can't really, they're not watching who is singing, they're just hearing The Voice. And if they really like the voice, and if they think it's someone that they want to partner up with on a music project, then they'll hit the button, the chair flips around, and uh, they're able to see who is, who is there. And to me, the best part of that is not watching the competition. And, and this past week, Blake Shelton and really everyone else, they, they were all ganging up on Blake Shelton because he has won these in the past. Um, but the, the best part is watching the look on their faces when they flip around and they see the, the voice match up with the person who's singing it. And a lot of times there's this great look of surprise as they, they look and see that this powerful voice or this most beautiful voice is coming out of the most unlikely person that is singing there on the stage. And it's a, it's a great reminder uh, that sometimes you, you can't trust the package or big things come in small packages. And uh, you really just never know what, uh, what is inside of someone until they begin to sing. And so some of the great artists that have come out of this show have uh, been seemingly unlikely-looking people until they get a hold of them and, you know, the beauticians and the dentists and everybody else <laughs> get a hold of them and kind of straighten them out a little bit. Well, while you may never make it on The Voice, although some of you, you just might make it on The Voice, um, did you know that there is a song inside of you? There is a song inside of you that is just waiting to get out. A song that is ready to be sung as you go out into the community. Our text from today, from 2 Timothy, but also the text that you heard from Lamentations really fits in with this as well. But in this first chapter of 2 Timothy, uh, there is a great reminder that as Christians, we have something inside of us that, that really needs to get out of us and into the community, into the world, and into the people, into the things that we are doing around us. And the challenge for us is the same one that Paul gave to Timothy. And this took place a long time ago, but it is still something that, that we need to hear today. That the gospel within us needs to work itself out. And I believe that in, in our community, as we look at our neighborhood, as we look at our world, and so much of the news in this past week has, has been on the world right here within the United States, and the problems and the challenges that we have as uh, we try to work out our democracy and as we try to deal with some of the issues that are facing our country uh, I, I think most of the problems that we face uh, really relate back to our misunderstanding of the gospel and how we as Christians here in America, those who are Christians, how they, if they just lived out the gospel, so many of our problems would be dealt with and taken care of. 
Well, Paul began his second letter to Timothy with a reminder of what was inside of him. And he talks about faith. And this faith being inside of him that comes from different places. He mentioned how Timothy's grandmother, Lois, and his mother, Eunice. I used to point out you know, Eunice as kind of a strange name until people started uh, mentioning to me that their name was Eunice. Or a middle, middle name is Eunice. So I'm not going to say anything. But Lois and Eunice passed on their faith to Timothy. And this is a text that is often used at Mother's Day uh, where there is mention of strong women in the life of, of someone who comes to faith and has that faith nourished and, and built inside of someone that's passed down through women in the life of a person. And this was take, taking place in Timothy's life. Paul mentions this faith. And it was the faith inside of Lois and Eunice that they instilled into him. Someone had put that faith in them. Someone had nurtured that in their lives. And so they are now taking that. And you have the idea of Lois passing that on to Eunice and Eunice passing that on to Timothy. And Timothy is growing as a result. And his faith is obvious enough to Paul that Paul comments on it. He could see it. He knew that it was there inside of him. And for various reasons... Paul wanted to make sure that Timothy remembered and realized that what he contained in his life. So, we see that uh, this also is, is how Paul relates in his own life. He understood that there was faith in his own life that had been placed there by others in his life. Paul sees it as his mission to help fan into flame this, this faith that is inside of him. It's not to be a faith that just is, is dimly burning. It is a faith that is to, to really turn into a blazing fire. And he knew that Timothy had that potential. He knew that if Timothy would just take that, that faith out into his community, then great things would take place. And sure enough, they did. News came out this week that a great discovery was made on Mars. Did you see this in the news? There was a lot of news that I, I think... Uh, I wish that this news would have been the bigger news instead of the government shutdown. But it turns out that we have spent trillions, trillions and trillions of dollars on efforts in space travel only to find out that there is Tupperware on Mars. <laughs> yes, can't you see those Martians having a big old Tupperware party uh, on Mars? And, and I guess one of them left a container behind and somebody found it. Actually... This, uh, this thing found it. So actually, it was not so much that Tupperware was on Mars, but it was in Mars. When they looked at what was in the soil of Mars, they found the same chemical, uh, which on the periodic table is Tupperware. Uh, that's the, the new periodic table. And as scientists are digging down deeper into Mars, they are discovering and finding what really makes up the planet. And the reason we're spending all of this money is so that we, we think that the benefits of knowing all of this uh, are going to help us become, I guess, better humans or live on our planet a little bit better. Uh, but they keep digging down and finding all of this, and, and I, I guess it's helpful to know such things. Well, it is definitely helpful for you to know what is inside of you, to know what you are made of, what, what it is that composes you, and what it is that you contain. As a, especially as a follower of Jesus. And we can't fully participate, as we should, in the calling of the Christian life unless we know what it is that is deep down inside of us. 
Think about it this morning. What is it that dwells within you as a follower of Christ? What is it that has been placed there by God? Or if you think about someone else in your life that has nurtured that faith. Maybe for you it is a grandmother like Lois or a mother like Eunice. Maybe it was a Sunday school teacher. We probably all can think back to a specific Sunday school teacher who uh, taught us one of the great Bible stories or taught us about the love of Jesus or who was there for us in our time of need. I think if we went around this morning, we could all mention at least one name. But maybe it was a friend or maybe, this is a stretch, but maybe even a pastor who helped fan that flame and to make it even brighter within you. I mean, have you seen what it is that is burning inside of you? And is the good news of Jesus still good news to you? We talk about the gospel as though it's this this foreign object, and and, and it's disconnected from who we are. And we, we talk about it as maybe a theological topic, and we don't remember that it really is good news. I love the way Monica shared this morning just in in a verse that came to her. There was some good news in that. It was good news. It sounded like it came in the midst of maybe some not so good news. And it lifted her spirits and, and helped her to see God in the midst of her night or in the midst of her day. I wonder, what is, what is the good news inside of you? And what does it look like? What does it sound like to you these days? Sometimes the circumstances of life for us as followers of Jesus can be so difficult or so challenging that we forget that's, that there is something deep within us. We get so discouraged. We get so distracted and detoured that we get disconnected from what God is doing in our lives and from the source of our being. As Christians, Paul's words today call us, like they did with Timothy, back to a deeper awareness of what God has placed inside of us. That we are containers. As you go to work tomorrow, as you go from this place and you you go back into the circumstances of your life, you take with you the gospel. Well, Paul, as a mentor for Timothy, he doesn't end with instructions for him to do this naval, spiritual navel-gazing. He goes on to make sure that Timothy understood that it was up to him to treasure the faith that he had, this gospel that was inside of him. And his treasure, although not his salvation, the, the treasure of faith was threatened by great thieves of the spiritual life, by fear and anxiety, by worldliness, by suffering, by discouragement, and by all the other distractions that that are common to us as we try to live out our spiritual lives. And so Paul cautioned Timothy. Hear these words of Scripture again. He says, Guard the good treasure entrusted to you, Timothy. Guard it. Be sure to, to build a fortress around it. Do whatever you can to guard what has been given to you with the help of the Holy Spirit living in us. He was to do whatever he could with the help of God's Spirit to make sure that the good news of Jesus inside of him was nurtured and protected there. Well, I love it when a news story comes out about treasure and about hidden treasure. There was some treasure found 
in uh, France this past week, and, and there was, uh, I guess, numerous reports that were coming out about it, although those reports couldn't top the Tupperware story that was there. <laughs> but whenever you hear these stories, you think of pirates and golden treasure boxes and those giant X's that exist somewhere out there floating on top of the water uh, or on a, a treasure map somewhere marking the spot. And you might also think of an Indiana Jones movie where Jones is trying to get past the traps and the mechanisms that are intended to protect the treasure that is there. Maybe it's the Holy Grail or some kind of ancient treasure. There are the rolling ginormous boulders that are are coming towards him, the poisonous darts and the angry mummies and the skeletons, Uh, but these are not usually present where they find treasures these days. But there usually is some evidence that someone has tried to protect that treasure. I mean, how many of you have money stuck somewhere in your house? You've got it protected. Uh, By the way, you can tell me after the service is over, like maybe anecdotes about how you have hidden or where you've hidden your treasure. But we do this. We put it in socks or uh, some people I've known have cut out like pages in a book. And uh, you put a book on a bookshelf. You cut out the pages like Bill. And you, you put that inside, and you close the book, and you keep all your money in there. So no, no one's going to steal a book, right? Uh, and we have other ways of being able to hide this, to guard our treasure. And we need to do the same thing as Christians as well. As we consider the treasure of the gospel that is within us, we need to make sure that we are doing whatever we can to guard it. While the circumstances of our lives may be very different from Timothy's, the threat is the same. The threats to our, our faith are the same as they were back then. We too can have the good news of Jesus taken from us in the sense that we can allow other things to rob its true measure and its true value in our lives. As you reflect on your past week, what have you allowed to creep into your life and to steal from your treasure? Have you seen any fear? Any anxiety, any suffering, any discouragement that is there, any negativism, or any anger lurking around what God has given you? Just think about it. Were you fooled into letting any of of these things take what is yours? It seems like we deal with discouragement so much. And again, our news, we just hear about the things that are going on around us. It doesn't take much to take a really good day and to turn it completely upside down. The kind of day where you do want to jump off of a bridge. The kind of day where you feel like everything is going against you. You can't get anything put together without somebody coming along and tearing it apart. Is it just me or do you ever feel that way? I think we do. We all have weeks like that. It may start out great, and maybe when you leave this place on Sunday, you think, it's going to be a great week. I feel really good. I I feel the encouragement of other people. I I feel the the fellowship of being with believers, and I, I feel the joy of giving my worship to God. And as you leave from this place, it seems like the devil and the world are doing everything they can to work against you. I'm hearing nothing from y'all out there. Is this true? Okay, thank, thank you. Just want to make sure we're rolling along here on some commonality. But if you do feel that way, 
Just relax. It's okay. We all, obviously, it sounds like we do feel that way at different times. And maybe all the time lately you felt that way. But realize the need that you have to put up your guard. To understand that God has given you something inside of you to protect what's inside of you. He's given you the Holy Spirit. As you go from this place, you go with the power of the Holy Spirit. And as Paul writes to Timothy, you don't have a a spirit of timidity. You have a spirit of power and of love and of self-discipline. God has built into you the best of guards and mechanisms to keep anything from getting at you in this next week. A great way to protect the treasure that is within you is something we're going to do in just a moment as we break bread together and as we partake in the cup of communion. That is a a great reminder for us about what God has done for us and what God has provided us in this wonderful good news of the gospel. We break the bread remembering that our Lord and Savior was willing to allow His body to be broken for us. As we pass the cup, we recall that That God loved us so much He came into our world and was willing to die and to suffer. To to reveal the tremendous eternal love of God into our world. And the fact that we can have salvation. And as we come and partake in that time, do we remember? Do we truly cherish what God has given? Well, actually, maybe the best way for us to treasure what we have and to to keep it within us, is to give it away. This is the strange irony of the gospel. And it's what Paul tells Timothy here. He says, Do not be ashamed then of the testimony about our Lord or me, His prisoner, but join with me in suffering for the gospel, relying on the power of God, who saved us and called us with a holy calling. And then he goes on to say, For this gospel I was appointed a herald and an apostle and a teacher. And for this reason I suffer. As I do. Paul wanted Timothy to know what he had discovered. The gospel of Jesus comes with a calling. For Paul the gospel was by nature a thing to be shared. It was not uh, something to be kept to oneself. It was something to be encountered on a daily basis. And for Paul it was of such importance to share with others. That it was worth suffering and even dying to share with other people. We know as we look at the the history of those who took the gospel and began to follow it. In fact, we can look at things like the book of martyrs and see what people were willing to do for the sake of the gospel. And certainly we know what Paul endured as a follower of Christ. And that is the twist of the gospel. It's a treasure that one might die sharing rather than trying to protect and to hoard. Albert Einstein saw knowledge much like Paul viewed his faith. And he once said, A hundred times a day I remind myself that my inner and outer life depends on the labors of other men, living and dead, and that I must exert myself in order to give in the measure that I have received and am still receiving. Einstein understood the enormous treasure of knowledge that he had, but that it had been given to him and entrusted to him by other people for the purpose of passing on to other generations. Now, it doesn't take an Einstein to know that we will fail as followers of Jesus Christ and as a church if we only cherish our treasure. 
If we just keep it within ourselves and if we're not sharing it with other people. Our calling is to be heralds and to be apostles and to be teachers of the gospel that we've received. And this calling will lead us to pull from what we have within and to give it to those who, have, who, who are going without. It will lead us to live like St. Francis of Assisi, as uh, was noted this past week on the, the feast day of St. Francis. That great quote, and, and I want to see if you can help me finish it um, here this morning. Preach the gospel at all times. And what? Use words if necessary. Francis preached the gospel with his life, not just his words. And we are called to do the same thing. Is it truly good news if it is staying inside of you and it is not uh, getting out into our neighborhoods, it's not getting out into your workplace, it's not going to the places that God intends for it to go? This offering of treasure to other people is to be done just as Paul did it, without shame, with the power of the Holy Spirit, with the responsibility of a manager, and with a complete sense of purpose. You can do this as you encounter your neighbor back home. As you go home and as you see the neighbors on your street, you can live out the gospel. As you think about and talk about the government shutdown, as you go down the hallway at school, as you relate to your enemies, and as you relate to the people that you know on social media, as you serve on your missional team this week, in these ways and in more, God is calling you to get the good news of Jesus out of you and into the lives of other people. And I can assure you that sharing what is inside of you in this way, it may not get you in front of CeeLo or in front of Blake Shelton this week, but it will give the best display of the reality of God inside of you to the world around you, the best they'll ever see causing them to turn their chairs around, to listen to what you are singing, and to vote for what God is doing inside of you. So, as you go into this next week, keep singing. Let's pray. Our God, we recognize the challenge of life, just doing life each and every day and living with the things that, that, that we encounter, the things that break us down and distract us and, and detour us. Help us this morning to recognize that there is good news in this world of bad news, that, that there is something very powerful that you have done and continue to do, not only in the world around us, but inside of us. Help us to cherish this good news this morning as we prepare to break bread and as we prepare to pass this cup, that we would understand the difference that it makes in our lives and can continue to make in the lives of people 